Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. has visited the earth in many forms. Now it returns as the car. There was no driver in the car. Possessed. I know why he didn't go into the cemetery. The ground was hallowed. Who knows what it wants? They all know nothing can stop. The car. This is Wade. We can't let him through no matter what. Stay in close. You're up, Mister. There's nowhere to turn. The car, he's in here. Nowhere to hide. No way to stop the car. I, th- I think I hear the engine of that car. It's around here somewhere. Wait, I'm scared. No, I promise you I won't go out. Tell me what to do, baby. What evil force drives the car? Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the way back and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hi, I'm Corky Coker and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host. Good afternoon, Cedric. How you doing? 
Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And we have uh, our uh, alumni guest sitting in with us. Do we have that all queued up for him here before alumni. I announce his name? I didn't go to college. Yeah, we have. We have. <laughs> Alan, the Saint Volvo, sitting in with us. Anyway, run your computer and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Uh, be sure and uh, check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to like us Get away from on, our <laughs> on our Facebook page, Gulfstream Motorsports, and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As a matter of fact, Alan, I showed you my uh, website there, or my, my podcast, not my podcast, the Facebook page with all my yeah. cars on it. Um, I've got some new pictures uploaded on my... Uh, I'm actually kind of having fun with that a little bit with the... Uh, Facebook thing. I wasn't sure what to do with that. That sat idle for a long time. And I'm not really into that social marketing crap. In fact, you know, our listening audience is like 45 to 75 years of age. Half the guys don't even have a cell phone, much less a computer. They do have an AM radio because that's in their cars because they got old cars. So they have to run out to their cars. You know, hopefully the six volt battery's working. <laughs> guys with the newer cars got twelve volts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they can turn and on transistor radio. AM thirteen forty. Listen to nostalgic radio in cars. Uh, although, if you're out in California or someplace like that, or if you're in the mid east, far east, uh, Asia, Russia, wherever else, southern hemisphere, northern hemisphere, somewhere in the universe, if you have uh, streaming capabilities, you can obviously pick us up on the. Is a thing called the internet? <laughs> that thing. But anyway, so hey, on. Yes. That movie, The Car. Oh, yeah. How about that? Now. That movie creeped me out. <laughs> did you see that movie? I saw it when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, we played the uh, a little the movie trailer to the movie Car. When that movie came out, and what, Alan, you know what that was? Wasn't it the Lincoln or something like that was modified? Okay, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, George Barris did the that, mods on it. Yeah. yeah. I see that Look it up real years, quick. Just Google no that. Idea. Just see what that car was. I think it was a Lincoln. Yeah. A Mark III or something like that. I can't remember what they did. I remember reading about it in one of my old car exchange magazines from like the 70s or 80s, but that's something that I just can't get out of my hard drive right now. <laughs> you know, they did have some pretty bizarre movies back then. I mean, it's like, it's like the other one that came out, Maximum Overdrive. Remember yeah. that with the trucks? That was a right. Stephen King? Is that his yeah. name? That, uh, it's like those... Oscar award-winning movies that um, Hal Needham directed. Oh, you mean like <laughs> Cannonball? <laughs> so it says the uh, evil black car in the film was a customized 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III. There you go. Designed yep. by famed car customizer George Barris. There you go. There See, were four was... cars built for the film in six weeks. Three were used for stunt work, and a fourth was for close-ups. Uh, the Favorite stunt car. cars were dis- uh, destroyed during production, and the fourth is now in a private collection. You know, we need to check with Chris at Lincoln Land and see if he's uh, if he knows the whereabouts of that car. Do you remember in the seventies? Also, okay, uh, this is for you trivial, you car trivia guys slash movie guys, whatever. But remember when they came out with that hideous the seventy three to seventy seven Monte Carlos had uh, they came out with that ugly looking Rolls Royce looking custom thing that they actually did. They called it a silver cloud or something like that. I got an article on that, and uh, they got a picture of some guy kicking the ornament off the hood. Out there. That was yeah. just the butt ugly. You know what it looked yeah. like? It looked like a cross between I'm not sure a Rolls and the Oscar yeah. Mayer wiener wagging because it yeah. got it. just kind of yeah. like swimming up like a banana look. Custom to it. cloud they called it. That was it. Custom cloud. Yeah, and oh, it was out of Miami. Go figure. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got an interesting show for you now. We got a gentleman coming on a little bit later. A guest. We'll be talking about. Well, let me give you a clue. It is, and I did not know this. But June 1st through June 7th is National Tire Safety Week. 
So it's we're going to have calendar. a gentleman coming on the show here a little bit later that's going to tell us all about tires. They buy, sell tires and wheels. They're one of the largest distributors of tires and wheels in the United States. Distributor, I said. Yeah. Sam Barr told me everything I got to know about tires. Sam Barr did? Yeah. Tires ain't pretty. No, that was Stanley Hahn. No, that's Sam Barr. He was the guy who did the commercial. That was the guy you were looking at. Was that who it was? I thought yeah. it was, that was Stanley Hahn. No? No. Tire. You know what? We need to Tar. find that commercial. Tires yeah. ain't, ain't pretty. pretty. We need to find it. And that, that guy was uh, out of uh, Miami sp- area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he probably drove a custom cloud. What was it? It was Tires Ain't Pretty. What was the name of the company? I like Discount, discount Tires. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Did you find you know, it? Tires are tough to advertise. It's easy to advertise something good to eat, something that smells good, something that makes you look good. Like I say, Tires Ain't Pretty. But you know, it's very hard to advertise. You can't go up and have a taste test with tires like you do with Pepsi and Coca Cola. <laughs> I remember and these you know, commercials. When a guy sells a guy a tire and he puts it on, he ain't going to say, Thanks, I needed that. <laughs> you know, tires are tough. But we'll save you money anyhow. You got to buy them. You come to Allied Discount. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Allied. You know what? He almost sounds a little bit like Carol Shelby. He's got that kind of sounds like a Southern Texas draw a like little Carol bit. Carol Shelby little... sold, sold tires, so they must be That's twins. true. Yeah. Goodyear Tire franchise, racing yeah. tire distributor. Right. Ship in Southern California. Right. He had it for what? California, Nevada. You tell me. You know those details. And uh, <laughs> I think uh, part of Utah. Well, that the eastern seaboard or the western western, 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 seaboard. western seaboard. Yeah. Anyway, that. <laughs> hey, I want to just share a little information with you. I've been working with this guy that uh, called me from my home state of California, actually Northern California, in fact. And uh, I won't mention any names, but this is just a little lesson for all you guys. This guy was uh, snooping around on eBay, and he found the car. So then what he did is the car was really cool. He talked to the owner, and the owner was kind of vague but still kind of enthusiastic about the car. So what happens is is he is, like, thinking, well, I need to have somebody look at this car. So basically what it is, he makes a long-distance call, and he contacts me through my website and everything. Um, and... Uh, well, first he went to the website, then he contacted me via the phone. Actually, you know what? He called the studio, didn't he, Cedric? Last week, this guy did. Yes. Looking for a car. This is interesting. Yes. He, he found the, the website, found out that we did a radio show, called the radio station, got the message afterwards. Anyway, long and the short of it is, he was interested in buying an e-body, so a Challenger, you know, Cuda-type car, 7071 car. And he always wanted one. Now, what's interesting is when I, 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 I am totally amazed when a guy from out west wants to buy a car in the southeast. Giving that the car, chances are the car came from the Northeast, the Rust Belt, okay? So unless it's a San Jose or Los Angeles production car. Rust Belt, rust up to your belt line. <laughs> you rust up to your belt line. I like that. It's a good one. And uh, so anyway, long and the short of it is, is uh, I started quizzing him a little bit, and I gave him some honest information. I mean, as much as I need the business and everything like that, I'm not going to take anybody's money, but I wanted to kind of school him a little bit on the car. So I went and looked up the car. And I did a little research on the car, and then I told him which questions to ask the guy. Well, the guy kind of played a little this, a little that, and he had some information um, leading to the first owner, or to the guy that evidently built the car. So basically what it was was a basic Challenger, and then it turned out to be, let's say, like a 440 clone. Very nice-looking car in the pictures, and that's my point. Everything looks good in, in the pictures. pictures. A lot of guys will, shot. Yeah, right. They'll take a picture of a car, the shiny stuff, high-resolution, the undercarriage, the stuff that's not so detailed, you know what they're going to do? They're going to take a low-resolution shot. Spray so you can water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, undercoating, caulk, you know, a little caulk, a little paint, make it what it really ain't, you know, that type of deal. So anyway, um, and the car was kind of pricey. It was in the 30s. So long and short of it, uh, he didn't get all the information he wanted. He wasn't really comfortable with it, so he backed out of the deal. He calls me about a week later, and uh, he finds another car. This one's also on eBay, all right? 
So again, and we're actually working on this right now. So I said, look, here's what you got to do. You got to look for the data plate. Okay, make sure it's got the right VIN number. Make sure you get a copy of the title. On a Mopar, the on an e-body, the uh, core support has a number stamped in it on the front, on the face side, you know, where you when you're looking at it, okay. and also on the cowl by the windshield. You had a couple Challengers e-bodies, so you know. Yeah. Well, you did, too. Yeah. Yeah, I did, too. <laughs> and uh, didn't I buy one from you? I bought a stern column from you. I know that no, one. No. Too. Um, what did I get from you? I don't remember. Something like that. Long time AMFM ago. AMFM radio or something like that. Might have been. Might yeah. have been. <laughs> that was like but back in the early 80s. In early yeah. 80s. Yeah, but, but, I, but I, I know we did, we did discuss the fact that I got some Jensen valve covers for it a long time ago. Right. On my Challenger. Yeah. Off the Jensen guy that went on the 440 car. Yeah. But at any rate, so we're going around and around on this car right now. So we got a copy of the data plate. And the guy that's selling the car doesn't really know anything. It's just pretty. So here's what happens. When you're buying a car, you re- it really pays, right, Alan? Right. To, to know what you're getting. To know what you're getting. Get all the information up front. If you're not sure, hire somebody that does know. And there, and again, you're thousands of miles away. You really only have really a 75 to 80% chance of getting what you think you're getting. If that. If that. Because even the pictures, even all the information, because a shiny, shiny, pretty car, you can't see. Unless you put a set of eyeballs on it, you just don't know. You can put Kendall 70 weight in it. It makes any engine new. Oh, absolutely. Or 90 weight. And... Um, <laughs> That's for a really loose engine. <laughs> That's for a really loose in engine. In Tucson. In Tucson. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, is that when you buy a turd, which is what I like to buy and sell, um, yeah. you, there's no there's no lies, tales, or stories with a turd. A turd's a turd, and uh, you can just yeah. only assume. You can put it on a plate, and what is it? It's, it's still, still a turd. turd. <laughs> it's still a turd. Anyway, hey, we got something on the turntable. What do we got there? We got some oh, actually some. Wow. We got some different stuff. Now, did you find so, the studio version of this? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I didn't actually check, but I'll tell you what. What? This, uh, this people, is a cool song. People, people who hear the artist are going to do a double take at first, or they might, you know, they might not. Do you want to explain this, or should I? Well, go ahead. You're a music guy. Go ahead. Okay. Well, the every, everybody knows about Fleetwood Mac. They know about Stevie Nicks and the, the guy who had a girl name and the girl who had a guy name. Who? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but this Lin- is Lindsay, er- Lindsay Buckingham was the guy and Stevie Nicks was the girl. It's backwards, but I know. Right. But all right, so everybody knows about that. But a lot of people, uh, even some of the older folks, don't necessarily know that, that Fleetwood Mac used to be a good band in their sixties. Yeah, they, actually, they were a psychedelic they, band. They actually so played good Boulevard music. Special. Yes. So there you go. We're going to play Fleetwood Mac from when they were And, th- and this awful. was this is where they had some of the original band members. This is uh, Green, yeah, right? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Peter Green. Peter Green. Uh, Peter Green, is that right? Yeah, I think it is Peter Green. Yeah, and... Um, and Mick Fleetwood and was Mick there. Fleetwood was the original drummer. They were, they were exactly. Yep. And so this is their early stuff, late 60s. Yep. And uh, a little psychedelic uh, late 60s flair to it, so this is pretty cool. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't go away. This song is called... What's the name of it real quick? Homework. Homework. Which is something I have to do when I prepare for this show. Enjoy the song.
Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Belladora's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hi, this is Dan Woods, the host of Chop, Cut, Rebuild on the Speed Channel, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We're back. Thanks, Dan. We'll have to have him back on the show again. Hey, Alan, you know what we should do? We should, we should do a show strictly about movie movie cars. We were just talking off air here a second ago, but yeah. we were talking about the movie The Godfather, right. and I was telling you about the website bringatrailer.com. We were talking about the Alfa Romeo that blew up in the movie in Sicily. And uh, But anyway, so what happened was is I started looking at that, uh, when it was on Bring a Trailer, and I said, that car looks like the one that blew up in the movie. Um, Godfather. Uh, the Godfather, yeah, right. the first one. And sure enough, so then went nosing around on the internet, and that's what it was. So it was an Alfa Romeo, 1947. They made it from like 42 to 47. Actually, started for, like the Fords, 42, stopped, the war's coming, yeah. and after 47, you know, after the war, they picked up with the same body style again. And it was a pretty cool looking car. And I about, never, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, what about the Series 2 Ferrari Cabriolet 250 in one of the one Pink Panther movie? Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, but see now they very gingerly stack those cars yeah. when they crash. But that's another one. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about some of the exotics of the core car. In Ronan, they w- the Audi. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. In Ronan, they walk into this repair shop. The guy's working on another 250 Series Two Cabriolet, a red one. 
That's it's just right. the repair shop got the hood up doing whatever. Yeah. There's a I got to find this picture, but there's a picture on if you go to bring if you go to um, uh, bringtrailer.com, there's a picture of a guy that's selling a Ferrari 400, but so it shows us 400 automatic and they're asking 12 grand for it or something like that real cheap or whatever it is or 15 grand or whatever it needs mechanicals but the last picture carbureted uh no it's a 8081 so it's um it's a 400 that style car right but anyway but in but the last picture in that ad i'll have to show it to you after the show because i can't Mm -hmm. google it quick enough i'm not as fast as cedric but anyway it shows a 330 gt a uh 250 GTO and a TDF, all side by side, no license plates, housing development in the background, and whatever was there, the shed is on top of those okay, three cars. That's from Hurricane Charlie. I've got, I've seen that. You've seen that picture? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, there's a 330 Series Two in there, two plus two, um, the Boano Coupe. I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on it. Okay. Uh, there's some race cars too. Well, now, do you know the story yeah. on that? Supposedly, and I don't want to talk out of line, but there was a person in the state of Florida that owned a bunch of those cars, and he used to drive around, this is the story, this is the story as it goes, uh, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, and he had an old Ford pickup truck, and instead of having a Ford logo on the back, it had a prancing horse logo on the back that he had custom made. So he had a bunch of old cars, and the cars were supposedly somewhere in the state of Florida. Now, you remember which was the hurricane that came through and whacked everything up in Pensacola? And it shows the picture of the spider. Oh yeah, yeah, floating got, around in the sand there. Oh yeah, it's the um, like the door skins blowing off the car. Exactly, the door's still there. Yeah, the car's full of white sand. Well, supposedly that's the same owner. That's Katrina. Was that? Yeah, it was in the no, that wasn't Katrina. It was before that. Okay, whatever. One which scene. one was Charlie? That was the one that just talked a lot. <laughs> anyway, no, Charlie Kim went across through Sebring and up. Oh, the road. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not talking about your buddy Charlie that calls an ear all the time. <laughs> that Charlie, he's Italian, right? Anyway, um, no Sicilian. He's a son. Hey, why don't yeah. you go ahead and uh, let's see? We got something spinning around and around on the little turntable. Let's get a, go ahead and get our guest on. And uh, well, Al, well, Alan and I are jaw jacking here for a minute, but uh, yeah, I think we had to do a show on. We had to play clips of the movies, right. and then the cars that got destroyed, and then we'll comment on them. I, and, and everything right. from Vanishing Point to Two Lane Blacktop, Two Lane Blacktop, but need some need Dirty some Mary, Crazy cars, Larry, right? uh, yeah. the one we played earlier, um, Seven Ups, The French Connection. They smashed. But nothing really got tore, tore no, up in front. First got gone in sixty seconds, so you got to do that. Si- oh, yeah, you have to do gone in sixty. That, yeah. that, and the second one too. And the second one because they had um, Hoyt Axe's bus in there too. Yeah, the oh, did it? Was a bus. I think it was serial number three ninety eight. I got okay. pictures of it ten years ago. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> now this is a cool old band. This is Marmalade out of the sixties, and again, everybody thinks. You know, the girly song, Reflections of My Life. They actually play some pretty cool psychedelic music. That was an okay song. Which one? This one? Reflections is okay. Oh, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, sen- a, it's sentimental. It's, it's sentimental. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a slow dance song type thing, yeah. you know, when you get your girlfriend and you're at a sock up in high school, you know. But if, you wanna, if you're driving, this is a song you want to listen to. I wear my socks for four days. They run. Yeah. What's the name of this song? I can't remember. Something about uh, taking oh, it around. Can you help me? Oh, can you help me? Yes, can you help me? Can you help me remember the name of the song? I picked the song. I can't. Even... That's how short my memory's getting. That's pretty bad. You've been hanging out with Bill Apgar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do I have to edit that? 
Nah, no, we'll, no, nah, no, nah, no. we'll just leave it in there. Leave it in yeah, there. the whole world's heard it, at least for the people anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, if you count a reflection. <laughs> Actually, if you count a reflection, there's six people listening. But anyway, <laughs> said, said what, about, what about Rob? He's listening. That's eight. That's eight. <laughs> yeah. Actually, with Rob, you get 11. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think his sister was Eve. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, go ahead and call our guest. Get him on the line. Okay. And then uh, we'll let this play for a second. Then we'll do the little other clip that we got. Actually, I think we do have the uh, clip for... Uh, um, seven up, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you were playing with it. Yeah, are we still what live? With the computer? Yeah, you can hear yourself. You're live. Uh oh. <laughs> hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Did I say we'll that out right- loud? <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. We'll let the we'll let the listeners listen to the song. Turn it up.
listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. When organized crime becomes so clever that the police are forced to take desperate measures, it becomes hard to tell the cops from the killers. Quick, Bobby! Bobby, get him! Roy Scheider. In the French Connection, he helped to crack a $32 million dope ring. Now he's back, leading a new team of undercover super cops, even more ruthless than the mob they're gunning for. The 7-Up... The dirty trick squad that even the regular police are afraid of. Who shot the policeman in your car? I'm a hurt bad. <laughs> Who shot your car, They bust you. They break you. They make you beg for a nice, safe stretch in prison, seven years and up. Who are those guys that shot my partner in the back seat of the car? The guy you iced was a cop. (laughs) Okay, so he was a cop. Now, from the producer of Bullet and the French Connection, a high-speed ride with the strong arm of the law. It's a matter of kill or be killed. And once the 7-Ups are on your tail, there's only one way to get them off. The producer of Bullet and the French Connection brings you the ultimate chase in the 7-Ups. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Cammy. Well, as you heard us mention earlier on the show, it is National Tire Safety Week. Well, now we have our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is the vice president of one of the largest tire and wheel distributors or warehouses in the country. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Matt Edmonds. Matt, are you there? 
I most certainly am. Well, Matt, welcome to Nostalgic Radio on Cars, and tell us about National Tire Safety Week and Tire Rack. Sure, absolutely. Well, National Tire Safety Week is, you know, an industry initiative to really educate consumers about their tires. I mean, you know, it's, you know, when you're an enthusiast, you understand it. The care and feeding of your tires, you got to take care of them. They don't just take care of themselves. But, you know, the normal driver and normal consumer out there doesn't. So we really focused this year on, on an acronym, TIRE, that stands for Tire, Inflation, Rotation, and Education. And, you know, really when you look at the tread of your tire, I mean, you got to make sure you've got enough tread. It, really, its job is to get the water away from the pavement so you can get the tire down and, and get contact. And we really partnered this year with Michelin in getting the message out. And part of the reason was they have a, a new tire out called the Premier that, that actually has a tread groove that really prolongs a tire's ability to be effective in wet conditions. Uh, the grooves actually get bigger and wider as the tire goes down, and there are emerging grooves that, that really prolong that, that performance in wet conditions. And then inflation, obviously, you got to take care of your tires. you got to keep them inflated. Um, you know, so important people forget about, particularly, you know, now heading into summer and, and making road trips. You know, we've got to check that pressure. It's easy to find on every car on the placard on the door jam and, and um, you know, or in your owner's manual. But, but really to have the proper pressure and to do it during the morning when it's nice and cool outside and uh, and then really to, to do that once a month and particularly before you head out on a trip. And then rotation, obviously, you know, we say rotation every six to 8,000 miles, really just a great chance to, to make sure you're getting the most out of your tire. And then, you know, education, I mean, one of the things that, that we've gotten involved with is to help educate the young drivers out there and the inexperienced ones, and that's the Tire X Street Survival Program. And, and again, Michelin has worked with us on that and uh, a great program that that really is made made really available because of the efforts of enthusiasts in the BMW Car Club, the Sports Car Club of America, NASA members, uh, you know, Porsche Club members, Corvette Club members that come out and actually are the coaches at these events and sit there with the teens and, and give them real-world driving experience and uh, how to handle their car in emergency situations. So, so you know, it's a busy week, but there's lots of things that, that you know, we can really help people to learn more about their tires. Now, is this the first year that they've actually had this National Tire Safety Week, or is this something that's been going on for a few years? It's been going on for a few years, and, okay. and it's, you know, my gosh, it seems like there's a week for everything anymore. That's true. <laughs> but but th- this really, the timing of this being at the beginning of summer, uh, you know, really an important time because this is the time when people do start to load their vehicles up and, and load them up with gear, but also your loved ones. And, and when you really head out, you want to make sure that those four tires, which really are the only parts of your vehicle that should be in contact with the road, are in great shape and, and ready for the task ahead of them. All right, let's get to some tire basics, but before I do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about Tire Rack, okay? So set the scene for us here, and tell us what Tire Rack does. Excuse me. Well, Tire Rack, um, we've been around now for 35 years, uh, really started as a, you know, converted service station in Indianapolis, Indiana, and started to focus on 
really serving the enthusiast uh, with the, you know, they're hard to get tires. And, and back then there was a tire called the Phoenix Stallflex um, that was very popular among solo competitors, autocross competitors in, in SCCA. And it was a tire that's very hard to get. Well, Mike Joins, who is our co-CEO of the family business here, um, really decided that that if he could have 20 of each of those six sizes in stock so that he could ship them immediately, immediately to people when they, they ordered them, um, you know, that would be the way to do it. And he was the expert on the phone talking to him, offered it at a great price, and then made sure that the tires went out to, cons- to, to the drivers. And those tires went out. And if you were one to five days away from Indianapolis, you had your tires right away. Well, that model has existed to this day. And 35 years later, we treat every customer the same way. We have experts on the phone. Obviously, the Internet has become very important and is a great source of, of information for people. Um, and, you know, our goal is to have the product in stock if it's available at all and get it to, you know, enthusiasts and, and discerning drivers out there uh, as quickly as possible. And uh, then we create our experts now with our test track, which I'm looking over right now in our front yard here at our headquarters in South Bend, Indiana. Now, tell us a little bit about that, because I understand that you guys actually have the small test track. You have a skid pad. So how much input do you have in terms of making suggestions to tire manufacturers <laughs> via your, you know, your wear and tear, your daily abuse, um, playing with tires, you know, and then sure. feedback from your customers? Sure. Well, the you know we, we kind of have multiple steps. Our testing that we do of a tire when it is is really at the birth of the tire when the tire first comes into the market. Um, we will evaluate that tire. We will compare that tire against other tires within its class, and and we really don't look at tires and look at our testing as saying we're trying to determine what the best tire is. We want to understand the tires. The tires we carry, all of them, have a purpose and and are good choices for someone, but we need to understand that tire so that we can match the correct tire to the driver of their vehicle and the roads they drive on. And so this is really kind of our proving ground. Um, We have the ability to test here uh, in dry conditions, obviously, and in wet conditions. We have an an irrigation system that allows us to have controlled wet conditions. Um, And this information for the consumer buying tires really is backed up by our consumer survey that we now have over 2.7 billion miles of data uh, built up in and a great source of information. But going back to your very first question, you know, how much input do we have with manufacturers? Um, we work very closely with the manufacturers. Um, they they look at our information and look at our data to understand where things are headed in the marketplace. But we also work very directly with all of the manufacturers that we represent and their R&D teams as they develop tires and giving them feedback on the product, um, you know, here on our test track. And also we visit their test facilities and work with them there. Has tire technology changed a lot in the last, well, when I say that, you know, like in a lot of, a lot of industries, and let's just use automotive, for example, things have kind of um, improved, let's say, not necessarily exponentially, but incrementally. So, Kind of like put that in perspective for us. So let's just say tires in the 80s, 90s, 2000 to today. Sure. Well, you know, tires, and I think what's really incredible about tires is, you know, to the majority of drivers out there, they're round, they're black, and it, you know, 
probably is just rubber poured into a mold. And people don't understand all of really the technology that's built into that tire, uh, you know, and it's all of the wedges in the sidewalls and the sidewall construction and the belt compounds, the angles of the belts. Um, a lot of different, very, very exact components go into the creation of a tire. And that's before we even talk about the black magic that's the tread compound, um, really the most guarded secret of every tire manufacturer. So, you know, tires have evolved. And, and I think one of the most telling signs to people of, of really how tires have evolved and improved is when we think about the the number of vehicles you used to see on the side of the road with flat tires or blowouts and you just don't see that much anymore and i mean that's even with roads being in the horrible conditions they're in right now uh, after the the harsh winter we had but um you know tires take an amazing amount of abuse every rotation that they make and they they really um you know we've seen this development this improvement uh in the tires you know really over the last 30 years um you know from the standpoint of their ability to perform in wet conditions uh, which has been a real focus of the manufacturers uh their ability to Im- improve rolling resistance so that uh, you know, we get better fuel mileage from the vehicles, uh, and tires are a big component of that. Uh, and then, then really trying to focus on on things as as ride comfort. Um, you know, and then you get into even special special cases such as Bridgestone, which has come out with their new Drive Guard tire, uh, which is a run flat tire. And run flats have, you know, over the last ten years since their introduction, really kind of had a knock on them in that people felt they were you know, very uncomfortable, very harsh. They were a very heavy tire, um, you know, one that was really driven by the original equipment manufacturers, the, the car vehicle manufacturers, because they wanted something that would allow them to get away from having to have a spare tire and uh, the packaging requirements and, and weight requirements that that had. But um, now Bridgestone with this drive guard tire has really addressed the issues of you know, a tire that's harsh riding, the tire rides very, very comfortably. It still gives you the run flight capability of going 50 miles at 50 miles an hour in a completely flat condition. And then really kind of one of the most important things is they've addressed the cost issue. And now the additional premium you pay is reasonable for really the the extra benefit you get of having a run flat tire in your vehicle. The and, and when you talk about rolling resistance, okay. So in other words, in the old days, if you had a hard hard compound tire, you had hard sidewalls, you had hard tread surfaces. Obviously, it seems that common sense wise, you, it would roll easier. Where if you got a softer tire, it's a little stickier. You got a little bit more flexible sidewall, and then of course, taking consideration your tread pattern because it might create some suction. You know, and you'd have less resistance. So, how do you compromise that? I mean, where do you? I mean, in other words, where do you find a balance there? Because tread well, design is important. You know, like you talked about earlier. You know, getting the water out of there because that's very important. Sure, and and you know, in tires, uh, you you need to have you know edges that that help grip the pavement.
pavement, uh, the blocks, you know, want to, you want them to be rigid enough, et cetera. But, but yeah, there, there are a lot of fine balances and, and where the manufacturers have made really unbelievable strides is in some of the black magic, uh, the compounding that they do and, and what they add into those compounds, uh, to help the compounds where to allow them to develop some of the tread patterns they do develop now, uh, so that these, these blocks don't tear and rip and, and you maintain that. And, and also to have that, you know, a, a compound that will stay rigid enough as temperatures warm up, uh, but not get too hard when it cools down. Um, you know, they've just done a tremendous amount. And, and one of the things, too, is in the construction of the tire, again, with some of the belting materials they're using within those tires, uh, help the, you know, when we think about a tire rolling, it deforms and and uh, you get a slight bulge on the sidewall. Well, by helping make the structure a little more rigid, uh, it, you know, helps that tire to roll along and, and not have to overcome that. So, Tell us a little bit about how tires are made. In the old days, they were basically, I mean, you talk about a belted tire versus a radial tire. You talk about vulcanization. Kind of just give us a little bit basic. Um, idea how they how they put the how they're put together you know whether they're, how they're put together now. right well you know it's it's really again this is an area that uh, you know in the last ten to fifteen years we've seen really amazing changes uh, and it's allowing the manufacturers to produce a wider range of tires uh, you know anybody that's gone to shop for tires knows that there are just an amazing number of sizes, and of course, every manufacturer is trying to produce multiple tires in those sizes. Um, so it gets pretty complicated trying to maintain, you know, their inventory and and cover all those sizes. And what they've done is is created systems to manufacture tires that um, allow them to create small batches. It used to be when you built tires, uh, you know, it, there was a mold changeover in the plant, and you had to put the molds in, and you have to run, you know, ten to 20,000 units through those molds to have it make sense. Well, now uh, tires are made in very in a, in a very robotic setting, a very clean room setting almost, uh, that allows them to make as few as four or eight tires at a time of a size. And um, it, the, the beauty of this, uh, and it's really helped again with the development, is the manufacturers not only will do things in their research and development through programming and computer design where they can test the tires, but now they can actually build a set of four tires and bring them out and test them. And, you know, these tires can be built, you know, in a very, very short period of time, a matter of, you know, an an hour or two with curing, uh, and allows them to go out and and really test the actual tire. And uh, we've seen this as we've done testing where, you know, they brought out six to eight iterations of a tire, and when we asked them, well, what was the difference between those tires? And they'll say, well, each one was a half degree difference in belt angle. That's it, a half degree difference. And you can tell the difference. Um, you know, as someone that drives tires and tests tires and evaluates tires, you know, you really can sense the difference. And um, so it, it's it's a very exact process um, and and. and something that, uh, you know, really, I guess, shows you when you see the process happen, all the different components and, and literally hundreds of pieces of material that go into creating that tire. And and then, you know, it is 
cured in a mold. And, you know, as, as we say, the rubber not only creates the tread compound, uh, which typically is one type of, of material, but the rubber also holds all those pieces and components together uh, as it's, you know, cured in the mold um, under pressure. Tell us a little bit about contact point, contact surface. And the reason I say that is because people see a tire and they think the whole tire is on the ground, when in reality, there's only just a few square inches that's actually making contact with the surface. Well, you know, it's it's for for most vehicles. Um, if you were to take a sheet of paper and and fold it so that it was had four quarters, you know, you had your four quadrants of the paper, that eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper really represents the contact patch of your entire vehicle. Um, it is. You know, the contact patch is a small area. Uh, again, this is, is something that comes out of the creation of the structure of the tire, uh, the, fo- the shape of this contact patch, uh, and how that shape is maintained as the tire is loaded, uh, whether it be, you know, in braking situation or acceleration or laterally under cornering. Uh, so very important to make it so that, you know, that tire stays in contact and that, that contact patch stays as consistent as possible uh, and uh, you know it's it's really quite an amazing feat um, when we think about it these these four points on the car take every performance attribute in your vehicle and transfer it to the pavement um, you know you, you can have analog brakes and traction control and all the horsepower you want <laughs> but if you don't have four good tires to help get all that to the pavement, um, you know, it's it's relatively useless. Is wider better? <laughs> well, no, no. I'm, I'm just, when I say that, I mean in in a in a within a manufactured application. Okay, I'm not saying I'm not saying put you know N5015s on the back or something like that. I'm talking, you know, if you've got a two, you know, if, if the car calls for 235 and you put a 255 on there, you know, where I'm going in that direction. Sure, sure. No, and and you know, typically people do that when they do plus sizing. Right. Uh, you know, when you're going up in a wheel diameter, uh, you've got to go a little wider. And and really, the reasoning for that, um, ironically enough, is is has to do with carrying the load of the vehicle. And you have to, and it's the air chamber, it's the air inside the tire that actually carries the load of the vehicle. So you have to maintain, uh, you know, that load carrying capacity. And so you have to go a little wider as you tire sidewall comes down a little bit. But one of the important things to remember is when you do do that, um, you know, you probably have increased the risk of hydroplaning uh, because your your footprint has gotten a little wider um, you know and and so now it's a little easier to lift up that weight of the car because you've got wider footprints um, you you will you will suffer uh, when it comes to fuel economy uh, it may not be much but uh, you know could be you know a few tenths of a gallon um, or it, it could be as much as you know a half gallon um, in in fuel consumption that you uh, that you sacrifice um, it, it really if we think about it all of the you know hybrid vehicles that are coming out now we're seeing tires get narrower and narrower um, again trying to reduce rolling resistance uh, and you know still give you all the performance you need in that vehicle for that vehicle uh, but keep the tire 
footprint as narrow as possible. All right, I got a couple of emails here. Let me just run this by you. Now, most of our guys down here in Florida, it's hot, it's humid, it's nasty. So, and a lot of guys are collector car guys, uh, myself included. Here's a question I've got for you. Basically, what do you recommend for the guy that drives his car occasionally? So, what would be proper tire care for the guy that doesn't drive his car all the time? And he doesn't want to buy tires every two years or three years because they do dry rot down here. So what would you recommend? Well, one of the, you know, obviously most important things with tires uh, is to, you know, you can, number one, if you you have a car that you don't drive a lot, um, you know, it would be in your best interest to put nitrogen. Uh, in in the tire, and this is one of the really true benefits of ni- using nitrogen uh, versus air. Is nitrogen? If you have a car that's a collector car or a car that doesn't get driven very much, uh, the moisture in the air uh, that you put into the tire, the the normal air that you have put in, uh, can actually work its way through the tire and affect the internal construction of the tire. If you use nitrogen, nitrogen carries a lot less moisture with it, and and you don't bring the moisture into the tire. Uh, the other thing is is really to protect your tires and make sure that they're not um, in the sun at all. And that doesn't mean the car has to be sitting outside. You know, if you have windows on your garage or wherever you store your vehicle, uh, you want to make sure that the sun doesn't shine because the sun is really one of the most um, detrimental things, uh, the UV rays to a tire. What about um, and the other, another email question here is tires for loose or uneven surfaces? In other words, let's say, for example, you got gravel roads that you're driving down all the time. What would you recommend for those those vehicles? Well, for, you know, it's if you if you've got a any of today's you know sport utility or light truck vehicles, uh, you know, any of the tires. And again, it depends on how aggressively you want to drive on those roads. But uh, the tires that are built for SUVs and light trucks are actually built to really deal with gravel roads. Uh, you know, nobody—I shouldn't say nobody—but few people rarely take off-road vehicles off-road, and that's where we've seen a lot of the tires on those vehicles become what we call a a highway tread or highway luxury tread uh, design. Um, and if you if you something you you live in an area where you do a lot of driving on gravel roads or off road, it's probably good to consider an AT tire, an all terrain tire uh, of some sort, uh, at the very least. Um, you know, if it's an area where you've got aggressive gravel, sharp edges, uh, and you know something that could be uh, more damaging, shall we say, to the tread. How about um, you know? Again, we're here in Florida, so you know we got a lot of heat. But let's just say, for example, if you're making the decision that you're going to buy a set of tires. For your car but you're also going to go up north so now you got a car that you're driving in the winter and it's cold up there so do you have to take compounds i mean is it is it that scientific when you buy a tire or am i am i making this more complicated than it needs to be no i mean you know we well unfortunately up here we have to deal with winter every year okay <laughs> and it's you know we we average here in south bend about 88 inches of snow a year um, what and you know, there's wow. a reason why you guys <laughs> yeah. live down in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but you know, it, it's interesting. We talk about tires uh, when we in in the wintertime, We it's easy to think about tires like your shoes. And you know, we all have that pair of shoes that we can go out in you know 
any weather condition and you know we can control ourselves you know it's not the best but when things get really bad you know we put a dedicated set of boots on you know or winter tires on our vehicle because they give us the ultimate in control in those really bad conditions and and control whether it's personally or on my vehicle really equates to safety um you know of course if i have shoes that are summer shoes and i walk outside in the snow i have run a great risk of slipping falling and not having any control uh so uh, you know, it's it, it, we recommend to a lot of people here what they'll do is you have your three-season tire, and your three-season tire may very well be a summer tire because it'll do very well in the wet and dry conditions, and then you switch to winter tires. You know, a lot of people uh, in Florida particularly, I mean, a summer tire is the best tire all year round if temperatures don't drop below 40 degrees because that's really kind of the, the magical breaking point for a, a summer tire as far as the compound getting hard and really not performing well on the pavement. But if, if we have a lot of customers actually that are um, snowbirds uh, or live in Florida and come up and visit family uh, that live in the snow country um, during the holiday season and amazingly enough, a lot of them will purchase a set of winter tires and wheels that they'll switch over to when they make the drive up. Uh, so they have the best and they don't have to make a sacrifice. Now, that said, there are all-season tires out there in the all-season tire market. We've seen you know, great changes in that market where the manufacturers are trying to develop tires that will give you improved winter traction. Uh, and if it's winter such as you were just saying, you know, it's just occasionally that you experience it. Uh, there are tires out there that are available that will give you, you know, good dry and wet uh, performance and also give you, you know, what, what I would call uh, acceptable, um, you know, winter performance. So, you know, the, there are opportunities out there. And, you know, it's interesting. If you, if you visit our website, um, you know, we have a tire decision guide that leads you through that. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable doing that yourself. I mean, we've got our sales team that, that really are truly consultants, and they will, you know, first and foremost, help you to understand where you live, the type of conditions you're driving in, the vehicle you're driving, and then what's important to you. And, and that's what helps them to match up. And, and winter is one of those first questions they ask about. So, Okay. We've got a few minutes left here, um, Matt. Tell, us, tell me, explain to the listeners and me, why would I do business with Tire Rack? What are your your pros, in other words, and then who would be like your closest competition? So, what is your big selling point? You know, give yourself sure. plug yourself and plug the web the website as well. Well, I think one of the things we want to be your tire experts. I mean, you know, even the hardcore enthusiast isn't thinking about tires all the time, but we are, and you know, we are the tire experts. I mean, there is no one else in this country that's a tire dealer that has a test track on their facility, let alone in their front yard like we do. Um, you know, and we do that so that we can help you make an educated decision on tires and which tires you want. Um, you know, we back that up with 2.2 million square feet of warehouse across this country with uh, seven distribution centers that will allow you to get the tires anywhere in the country, well, 80 now 85% of the population within one day UPS ground, get them to you efficiently. And then we help you with that very last step in the process, which is the installation. Uh, we have over 8,000 independent recommended installers, and these are people that we've interviewed and qualified 
and you can search for them by zip code, uh, you know, on the website uh, and use them as your dropship location. Uh, if you talk to one of our uh, team on the phone, um, they're happy to help you match you up with someone that's close by to you that will, you know, handle your vehicle uh, and be happy to install your tire purchase for you. And and my gosh, if you order your tires before noon the next day, that they're they're there. So uh, it doesn't get much better than that. And and our selection is mammoth. I mean, we have 17 different tire manufacturers, and it's not unusual to have 30 or more choices uh, for your vehicle. So, you know, we really, we, we, we feel like we take pride in the fact that we help consumers get the correct tire for their vehicle for themselves and, and where they drive. And, uh, you know, we have, there are other competitors out there, but there's no one that, we have no bricks and mortar. I mean, this is what we do. And, uh, you know, this is we have just brand name tires and and that's uh that's really the the ultimate thing obviously we have wheels and suspension and brakes for for people as well but uh obviously tires are are the main focus and if anybody wants to find you it's real simple tirerack.com correct absolutely tirerack.com and uh you know that's there 24/7 obviously uh but uh you know Monday through Friday and and a good part of the day on Saturday you know we've got over 100 people on our sales team that uh they are our test drivers when we do our test cycle every one of them drives and uh so they truly can say I've driven on that tire that's super so that means basically anybody that has any questions about tires any one of your staff that answers the phone can basically say hey look you know, you want to, you might want to consider this you might want to look at this this is another option so they're basically tire experts, then, is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Every one of them. And, and they're there, you know, if, if you've gone through and they'll help you confirm your choices, uh, or you can call them up and say, you know, I really don't have any idea what I want. Here's what I think I need. And, and they'll work with you then to... Um, to get you the right choices. Super. Well, Matt, I'd love to have you on again sometime. You willing to do that? Because I want to talk about green tires. I want to talk about racing tire technology. I mean, there's a whole bunch of covers or topics that we didn't get a chance to cover. You willing to do that again sometime for us? Absolutely. Now, you go to SEMA every year, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, that's yep. super. Then I'll probably see you at SEMA. And matter of fact, you know what I do at SEMA? Sometimes I do a live show from there, so I do like a little walk around. So I'll definitely look you up because maybe we can do something from there. You can give us a couple pointers over in the other building, the other hall where all the wheels and tires are. You're probably hanging absolutely out over there, right? Give you, happy, absolutely. Happy to give you a tour over there. All right. Well, stick around. Don't go away. I want to get a line from you real quick. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in. Our special guest this evening was Matt Edmonds, Vice President of Tire Rack, TireRack.com. Alan, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, no problem. That's cool. Hey, be sure to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget, you can check out the podcast, Nostalgia Creating Cars. You can hear all your favorite shows over the last four years. Right, Alan? You got it. And they're better and improved. They're better and improved. Okay. Don't forget our Facebook pages, Nostalgia Creating Cars, Gulfstream Motorsports. Oh, you know, I forgot to get into stuff that's going on. You know, National Hot Rod Association's got their Hot Rod Power Tour going on right now as we speak. I think it's going on. Uh, or it starts this weekend. Carlisle Ford and uh, Pennsylvania, Carlisle National, or the Ford Nationals. Let's see, we got the Mid America Shelby meet next uh, week. We've got the great race, Corky Coker from uh, Coker Tire will be on our show in a couple weeks. So be sure to tell your friends to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every Tuesday evening for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. In the meantime, hope to see you guys some of the shows or the music venues. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school.
but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his pants. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. You broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. We go eat.